This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Thank you for downloading this episode of Out Front on the Chicago Podcast Network. I am Nick Sarantos, editor-in-chief and host here, and I just want to say uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking about Hillary Clinton's victory in the Democratic primary, um, the continuing presence of Donald Trump, what a Trump presidency would look like in several uh, disaster-like situations and kind of have fun with that, but it quickly just sours and makes us both very sad. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Chi-Town Podcast One, and you can uh, email us on Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for downloading this episode. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your family to listen to us and hear we go. Hey, everybody. Thank you for downloading this episode of Out Front with AJ and Nick. I am Nick Serranos, joined over the interwebs and Skype and mobile now uh, by my good buddy AJ Signeri. AJ, say hello to the people. Hi, people. He sounds so enthused to be in the car doing the show, ladies and gentlemen. The well, you know, after what happened last night and with Trump, you know, I can't be too enthused about this. That's true, but let us let me get a second here to do the propers. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Chicago, uh, Chi-Town Podcast One. And you can email us on Gmail at Chicago Pod, or Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. For some reason, saying email addresses always trips me up. Now, yes, AJ, that is what we will start the show with. Was It is June 8th, 2016. We started this show in October of last year. Uh, actually, September of last year, and basically that entire time I've been dealing uh, mainly, primarily, with the primaries. You see what I did there? I'm very clever. The <laughs> And the outcome that both of us complained about all the way back in September and thought could never happen has happened. In the general election, it appears that it will be Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, and if you were to tell me in September that the Republicans, of all people, would somehow be the ones to seem to respect the Democratic process more than the Democrats, I would have called you a liar and hit you in the face. But that is apparently where we're at, unless you can interpret it differently than I can. Well, we can still do that. What? We can still do that. Can still... Hit him in the face. Well, that's true, but it's still not fun i mean starting with last night so i'll tell you the first thing that i thought of aj with the speech that she gave last night and that was as she started to speak i i realized that her first words were divisive in a way not horribly so but the first thing she pointed out was how historic it was that a woman had won the nomination. And while that is true, uh, I think that you can find no better example of the difference between Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in that fact. Uh, Barack Obama, when he won the nomination, said it's not about black or white, it's not about red or blue, it's about the United States of America. And Hillary Clinton's first words were, what an amazing achievement for women that this is. Now, that's not wrong, it's not a bad statement, but the more I look at it, I just kind of take from it that she felt like this was, she wants credit in a way for doing something historic when I would argue that she did everything she could uh, 
to manipulate this process. And it just, it felt so disingenuine to me. What, what did you, did you see, how much of her speech did you see? I saw all of it. What'd you think? And, oh, every word she was uttering, I was getting more and more disgusted about. Why is that? Well, I mean, so, I can see where you're coming from and how her first words were kind of um, divisive in a way. But, I loved how she phrased that she that she is the first female nominee in a major party because I'm sure the people surrounding her and she herself knows <clears throat> that she is not the first presidential nominee when it comes to women running for office because she's not. I mean, you can go all the way back. It's like the 1800s, and, you know, Woodhull was the very first presidential candidate as a woman. You know, and there's a multitude of other examples where there's been other female um, presidential nominees, but the way she phrased it, she's the first one in a major party, that means Democrat and Republican. That is true, but she is not the first. You know, there's been other people who have broke the glass ceiling, as it were, when it comes to presidential nominees. Oh, hey, just really quick, I wanted to ask you about that, because she had a phrase, we are all living below a glass ceiling, I think is what she said, or did she say we are all, I can't remember the line, was it above a glass ceiling or below? They were, above, the, above them was a glass ceiling. Which implies that it's still there. Well, I... I didn't know when she said that. They didn't pan up to the ceiling in the venue they were at because I don't know if the glass ceiling, if the ceiling was actually made of glass. If they had done that, I would have expected Batman to come through it. Right. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I, I didn't know if she literally was underneath a glass ceiling, which I'm sure, if her and her strategist planned it out, they would have done that. Um, but I don't know if she meant it literally or um, figuratively that they were under a glass ceiling. I'm hoping there was an actual glass ceiling in order to draw that metaphor of, you know, glass ceilings and glass walls. This is what we're talking. I mean, this is okay. So I want to, before we get into the Trump aspect of our show today which we if you listen to our show last week we mentioned we'll get into a little bit what a trump presidency would look like but i want to talk about this primary process on the democrat side i want to talk about how how i feel because to be honest you aj were never fully in at least from my perspective we're never really in on the the bernie sanders bandwagon because of his decision to run as a Democrat that upset you because he was a staunch independent for so long. Uh, am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, and there's other things too, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't totally on okay. Bernie. I was. I, I, I wasn't at first because, and being honest, as, and I talked to my friend Dave about this over the weekend, uh, I never knew a lot about Bernie Sanders until this last primary. I had heard the name. I was aware that he was an independent serving in the Senate, which I always thought was really cool, but I I was not familiar with him. It's only been in this process. So when it started, 
And you started to hear people calling him Crazy Bernie or he's out there, he's so far to the left. And, and in my head, I was just like, okay, so this guy is, you know, the, the Ross Perot of the Democrats. But as time went on, and I came to understand that this was a man who, unlike anybody else in the race, was genuinely interested in doing good, which, right. which speaks so highly of who he is. And then I have Hillary Clinton as, as the Democrat that I am, who I was going to support probably through the primary process, if, if not for the fact that I felt that she had positioned herself so much over her last 20 years since uh, Bill Clinton left the White House to, to do this, that it, it, I, I just feel like the system was gamed, that it was manipulated on all possible fronts to get her to this point, and now that she got it, it's it's we we've talked about it before. You know the dog the the Joker line, the dog chasing the car. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get it. I'm just chasing it, and I felt like that was her throughout most of this process. And you know the jokes on Saturday Night Live of I believe in whatever I have to believe in this week. And as funny as that is, I feel like that's really the case. But most importantly. It just feels like there was never a shot for anybody to really challenge her. Even as much as Bernie Sanders was winning some states at points, he was dismissed by the party proper. He he was never given the legitimate shot. The superdelegates never supported him in any way, which are just members of the Democratic Party faithful. And for a country that is clearly uh, screaming out for the end of big tent politics, it just felt so wrong the way that it ended. And then even the very convenient timing of, oh, well, we've reached out to several superdelegates, to all the superdelegates, and, and recounted their votes. And actually, Hillary Clinton has already won this before the California primary, basically telling California birdie supporters to not even show up to the polls because it didn't matter. Very convenient timing on that report. And, I, and I'm just angry. And I'm angry that it, it feels... It feels like I've got a team in the NBA Finals playing against uh, whatever the superstar is, and with three seconds left to go, I'm, the, the other team is handed free throws. It, it's, well, it's more like the Harlem Globetrotters and the Generals, you know? That you know going to that game, the Globetrotters are going to win. You know that. And, and you always try to root for the Generals, but the Generals are always going to lose. Makes me think of that crusty line. I bet all my money on the Washington Generals. I thought they were due. Right. <laughs> it's that's a fair comparison too. It or, but you, you want to know that here's the thing that really upsets me about Hillary Clinton as the Democratic nominee for president. She is a major league ball player going up against a guy who at best is single A, if not college ball, and Donald Trump. And it seems like she and her staff are afraid to represent her as the kick-ass nominee that she actually is. She keeps playing this, I'm just the sweet old grandmother angle, the, 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 all that crap, when it's like you are a legit top 100 person on the planet with intelligence and, and gravitas, but you, you lower yourself down to this common denominator candidate without taking you know the, the chance to be what you really are because again so disingenuous that I feel like she represents this fear that people have that a woman can't be kick ass and maybe there's truth to that but that's the campaign that I'd like to see not this I'm just going to be middle of the road against Trump's insanity and hope that I win because I don't think that that's one going to work and two 
It just offends me knowing as much as I do about her over 20 years in politics that she decides to act like she's not as qualified as she is. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, and I do understand what you're saying, and I guess, and here's my only defense for Clinton, is this, that she is an older woman, and that should not be dismissive at all. I mean, she is who she is, but she also had to be part of the good old boys club. And if you look at the people surrounding her, her advisors, the way she climbed up a political career, she had to get into the locker room. She had to talk to the good old boys. She had to do that. If she didn't, we, she wouldn't be where she's at today at all, because that's the way we have been viewing women all these years. And sure, there may be a glass ceiling, possibly a glass wall, that Clinton has been breaking through, but she is still part, she is that generation of women who has to think like a man, you know? And and I'm sorry that she had to feel that way because if there, there's nothing really about her that appeals to anybody, she doesn't appeal to certain men, she doesn't really appeal to certain women, especially younger women, um, because even older women that I know that I've talked with about Clinton, they don't even like her and they're of her age, you know, and it's, and it's, and I know other women like Clinton who is of that certain age and they feel, you know, this is how business is done. This is how politics is done. And I'm, and I'm going to change the way I think I'm going to change the way I do things because otherwise what else am I going to do as a woman? I, I understand what you're saying. I, I but I mean, I you, you're not wrong that she had to play the good old boy network, and that makes sense. It just feels like in a in a comparison of the two candidates, one person has genuine beliefs, and the other has beliefs that suit her for the moment that she's speaking. And it's different than Trump, who as I've said, truly believes what he is saying, when he is saying it, but it has no uh, indication or ramifications from things he's said in the past or things he will say in the future. It's, it's just he believes it when he's saying it. Whereas with Hillary, I just feel like she says whatever she thinks she needs to say at any given moment. I And again, she's got this kick-ass record and can't apparently just doesn't want to run on it and wants to run as like oh she needs to be more pleasant and she needs to be more maybe they're right maybe that's what she needs to do but it's just it keeps coming off as she doesn't seem to give a damn about being a genuine person and as much as we all like to joke about you know bill clinton the first black president and you know what a smooth liar and everything he was there were times when Clinton would speak where you would see the real person. And, you know, Obama, even in the midst of his, what do you want to call it, compromise phase at the beginning of his administration, yeah. was still genuine. And with Hillary, every word that comes out of her mouth just feels like it was research. You know what it feels like? It feels like the, it, 
Honestly, man, here's what it is. It's the difference between Marvel movies and DC movies. Is really the difference between Hillary and Bernie. Marvel, Bernie, so. what? So. Bernie is Marvel. Bernie is made by fans, made by the people for the people. DC is what happens, and Hillary is what happens when a giant movie studio comes in and rewrites every aspect of your script. He goes, no, no, no. We need this for marketing. We need that for marketing. You're gonna, you can't have him use that line. You've got to use this line. We focus grouped this line for six weeks before we ever used it. And then the thing comes out, and you're like, well, everything about this feels, yeah, that feels like exactly what the studio wants. She said several times during her speech, we need to fight income inequality and go after Wall Street. And you're like, you just took a shitload of money from Wall Street. And then she says the line, we have to get big money out of politics. You just took a shitload of money from Wall Street. Like, it's hard for me to believe you with these things that you're saying when your actions don't back up what you're doing. Meanwhile, the old crazy man has been running off of people's, like, nickels and dimes this entire time and almost took you down. Imagine what he would do if he was willing to compromise himself to your morals. But more than anything else, it's the super delegate thing that just pisses me the hell off. And, and, well, and, I mean, go ahead. I mean, the super delegate thing is, you know, something that needs to be get rid of entirely and everything. But speaking more to what you're saying about how Clinton Hillary conducts herself as a career politician, I mean, again, it, it, that goes back to the kind of mentality one feels they have to do. When they're in politics, you know, you have to talk a certain way, look a certain way, do all these things. And what really pisses me off is that I have dealt with these people, both on the Republican and Democratic side. And every time I have a meeting with them, it's always this fake smile, fake words, fake everything. Everything's a facade. And here I am really, truly talking about real progressive things, trying to really build community, and here are these people saying, goes, well, this needs to happen, that needs to people, yeah, I know them, I know that. Well, if we did this, if we did that, it's like, no, you don't understand. You have no effing clue what you're talking about because you have built your own silo around yourself on what this kind of reality looks like for you, and that needs to be broken. Because they constructed their own reality that this is what society, the economy, and the environment needs to be. Um, it's not really half glass full, half glass empty, or it's just plain water in the glass. It's really, you know, whatever they think the water is. It's, it's really green. It's, it's really blue. It, it might be pink in color. Uh, they're just making it up as they go, and they're doing it by having manufactured media. They're doing it by networking with certain people with money. And with the Clintons, when they tie themselves in to their own nonprofit, it really muddies up donations. It really muddies up, you know, are they really private people? Are they public people? You don't know. Um, so because of all that, they really gummed up the works when it comes to people like myself, you, and others who are doing real shit, and yet when they do it, we are the ones who get tied in with that because they're the ones who are actually being more disingenuous. Than 
it's it's funny that we 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 keep using the word disingenuous, and and now I'm going to attempt a really rough segue, because I feel like the thing with Hillary and Bernie isn't quite over yet, and he even came out today and said that he's going to keep going with this all the way to the convention, that it will be a contested convention, at least on his end. And props to him for doing that, because, again, this is a man who believes what he actually believes. Not to mention, I think it's important for him to be part of the the convention process, because anything that drives the Democrats further to the left, I am in support of. Because it's way too easy in this upcoming election for Hillary to play the good centrist and just leave the Democratic faithful in the dust to try to seize, because that's the other thing with this, and before we move on to Trump, I feel like, here's the thing, AJ, and and, and I want your opinion on this. This is what I believe as a Democrat. I believe that social services are incredibly important. I believe in getting rid of the ones that don't work, but the ones that do work should be bolstered and better funded. I believe in saving social security by closing corporate tax loopholes. I believe that income inequality has grown to a level that is no longer sustainable and that it needs to be addressed by higher taxes and by income tax and profit caps that used to exist in this country up until about 40 years ago. These are the things that I believe, and I don't believe that Hillary Clinton is the person to bring those to bear against a hostile Republican Congress and a hostile Republican Senate. And to be honest with you, at what will most likely be a, a at least very split Supreme Court with John Roberts, no one ever being able to decide what he's actually going to do. And all of these things point to me as get ready for eight more years of exactly what you've been experiencing and the government not doing anything and, and, and I'm just I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all of it. I'm sick of I'm sick of a party that is so weak that it can't nominate the people that defend its ideals and that its standard bearer is somebody who is so eager to run to the middle to maintain power that she will not be willing to fight for what matters. Now, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm hoping that this campaign, she blazes up the trail and, and promotes the left. But I don't see that happening. Do you? No, and, and, and what I, if I may be frank, uh, why shift the Democratic Party to the left? Because they're never going to be the left. They're never going to be that way. They're not going to go as far left as you want them to be. So I don't know why any progressive Democrat that identifies themselves as such um, feels that need to be beholden to the Democratic Party because they're never, ever going to be on the left, so I, it's going to be more frustrating for people to vote Democrat and try to get them more to the left because it ain't going to happen. We've been seeing it with Bill Clinton. We've been seeing it now with Hillary Clinton. We've been seeing that with Barack Obama. We've been seeing it with JFK. They have never, ever gone as far left as we want them to, so that's why I've always encouraged people, like, vote green. Go with socialists. Do something that's really truly passionate of yours because the Democratic Party is where everything dies. They are not the party for the black community. They're not the party for LGBT community. They're not the party for women. They're not the party for unions. Every one of those things has been real progressives that have been on the ground doing those things. And those are the same people that got FDR to get the New Deal Act. Those are the same people that actually pushed forward the civil rights movement with LBJ and everything. Those are the same people. They got everyone else to look at it 
not Democrats. Democrats had to listen to all of us to shift how society should be. So that's why I always get irked when someone goes, well, you know, we need to get this Democrat in office because they speak to our values. I mean, no, they don't. They always vote with the money that they're given. So I don't know why, you know, you want the Democratic Party to shift left because they'll never be left. And they haven't been left since they've been a Democratic Party since the 1800s, you know. You know, they've always been a conservative party, and they may be liberal in contemporary times, but they have a long track history of being pro-business, um, American, exceptionalism, American exceptionalism, manifest destiny, and this is why the Democratic Party will never, ever go to the left. All right, we've talked about the left. We've talked about Hillary Clinton. We got into the Sanders thing, and I'm assuming next week we'll have you. You sound distraught after I said all that. No, because you're right. Because you're right, and it just not only are you 100 percent correct. Big tent party politics have failed us the last 20 years, and the fact that we only have the two parties that really count, the fact that the system now basically is locked into that, and anytime you hear somebody talk about a third party, media pundits immediately roll their eyes and go, well, and and I've said that to you. Why waste your vote on a third party candidate? And I'll be honest, you've turned me around on that completely. Uh, it's, it's, It's important that people do it. The only problem is you look at something like this and you go, at the end of the day, I just can't vote for anything that could even conceivably in the minuscule help Donald Trump. And it's just, it's so, it's so shitty, AJ, that this system has gotten to where it's at. I talked to my dad this morning about it, and, and, and I don't even know, like, you've been doing shows with me for a while, AJ, almost three years, you and I have been friends now. And I don't think that I lack for an ability to communicate. Would you say that that's fair? I am, I am struggling to, to express how this election and how it turned out has made me feel. I, I don't know if I have the right vocabulary to even come forward and express just how disheartened I am that a firebrand on the left, and there's your show, has been shut out by the party so much so that he lost the race before he, he lost it before it was finished. I mean, that's bullshit. And everything that happened to Bernie is bullshit. And the fact that he's going to get shut out of the, of the Democratic Party now uh, by the, the convention, you know that they're not going to give him a speech in prime time because they can't count on him to not say what they don't want people to hear. And everything's going to point to this coronation of Hillary Clinton that, quite frankly, she doesn't deserve. And what what drives me nuts about this is that now they're starting to position her as, if you don't agree with Hillary Clinton, you're a sexist. That is That, that narrative has started to come out on the left. And that pisses me off, too, because I would vote for Elizabeth Warren for president in a heartbeat and feel enthused about doing it. My problem is not the fact that Hillary Clinton is a woman. My problem is the fact that Hillary Clinton is Hillary Clinton. She is divisive. She is disingenuous. And she wants to be president so badly that she's Frank fucking Underwood from House of Cards. And everything about that just pisses me off. And I would allow you to retort, but we got to move on to... to beach colored fucking airbag man who 
Finally gave a speech off of a teleprompter. This is this is this is where we've gotten to, AJ. The fact that that Donald Trump read off of a teleprompter means that he's presidential. He has the ability to read. Go ahead. Is that that is that all that matters really? That they can just read off a teleprompter? I mean, look if you're if you're if you're running on the Republican ticket, the ability to read is probably. Eliminates twenty five percent of your base. So, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about Trump that has never been said to date. Um, I, I, I'm just, I am really befuddled. Good word. Isn't befuddled a good word? I mean, it's a nice, solid word. You know, I thought so. Um. I just don't know why the Republican Party is allowing all this. I mean, with Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, and others, um, Senator Corker, um, and people alike, are allowing this to happen. I mean, I, 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 it goes back to what I said in a previous episode on, on our show, and that is you have total control of your party. I mean, it's one thing to allow to have a democratic process, but it's another to have discipline within your own party. And if there's someone that you do not like, you have the right to say, and you're not with us, please step aside. And allow them to make their own decision, whether it's to run an independent campaign or um run as a republican but you know there's gonna be parameters around that or know? god or god willing just return to the nothingness from whence you came right so i mean i, I this is what i don't understand about this republican party because if people really feel that hillary is going to be like bill when he was a president and there's going to be a surplus economically you can't do that because albeit the republicans at that time were erroneous in their own right, they actually listened. They actually disagreed respectfully to a point, you know? And these Republicans do not, you know? Um, Trey Gowdy doesn't respect anybody. Senator Corker doesn't respect anybody. Mitch McConnell doesn't respect anybody. Paul Ryan really doesn't respect anybody. This is a Republican Party that is so broken nationally and on the state level that it's not even funny. And that's why we're, I'm hoping to see, you know, all this, this resurgence of libertarians getting behind Gary Johnson. And I'm going to laugh my ass off if Rand Paul and Ted Cruz endorses Gary Johnson for president. Well, and then you have, <laughs> I've heard a bunch of comedians refer to it, and it was really funny. Poor Paul Ryan, which is stupid. And I think it's important that we all respect for a second that. Uh, Paul Ryan, uh, it's it's important that we remember what he did to Jerry Ryan. Moving on, um, the he, he he doesn't endorse him for weeks. He waits. He endorses him, and on the day he endorses him, Donald Trump goes off on a Mexican judge and says that he's not capable of being fair in his case because he's building a wall in Mexico, which he's not. For the record, he said. I'm building a wall in Mexico. No, you're not. You are talking about building a wall uh, across the Mexican border, which you will never do, not 
at any point during your presidency will you ever get the political capital to make that happen. It's the biggest campaign promise he's made. He says that the reason this judge can't do it is because he's Mexican and he's making a wall. The whole thing is so insane. And it makes you wonder what would happen if this man actually were to win the most important job in the world. And, and that's what we told people we were going to do, AJ. So here's what I'd, here's what I'd like to kind of go through the second half of our show here. Uh, I'm going to present an issue. We'll debate it. Then you'll present an issue. We'll debate it. We'll go, I don't know, maybe two and two. We'll see how long it takes us to get through them. Some of them might be pretty damn quick. But like for and against? No, 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 not for and against. Just like what we think would happen in these exact scenarios. I was going to say, I am not going to be for anything. <laughs> No, that is 100% true. I would not force you into the devil's advocate position. That would be my job. The, 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 but what I mean by that is, like, as an example, it, Trump's been president, let's say, three days, and it happens in January. So let's say a massive, massive winter storm hits, because climate change isn't real, AJ, so we can't put it in the south. So let's say that a massive winter storm were to cripple the entire northeast coast. Say six feet of snow were to fall in seven hours, something insane, and it shuts down the government. What do you think Trump's first response to that would be? The snow ain't real. This is not real snow. Right? Keep on keeping on. People need to be tough. I've, I've lived in New York my whole life. We deal with snow. If you got snow, just get rid of it. Well, it's funny you ask that question because remember when Obama got in office the first time around and it snowed in D.C. and schools closed and he made the comment about, I live in Chicago where there's like two feet snow and there was still school. It, 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 it's, 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 but like, yeah, no, I see exactly what you're saying. But, but let's, 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 say, let's put Trump through the Hurricane Katrina scenario. Hurricane hits New okay. Orleans, de- demolishes, let's say, Miami. You know, so so his base. To say he's going to dismantle FEMA, the so there's it's a non-issue because they're not going to be there. Oh God, damn it! So you're saying that in the event of a hurricane hitting Miami, assuming that he's accomplished even twenty-five percent of his campaign promises. There won't be an organization there. It saves money. It saves money, Nick. I mean, I don't. What don't you understand? FEMA, EPA, all these organizations is wasteful federal spending. It's you fitting. Know, it's it's fitting that a guy. It's a fitting that a guy who works in construction has such a big problem with the EPA. I wonder why he doesn't like that so much. Is it because they, they force him to inv- obey, I don't know, environmental regulations? I mean, I, I, I was listening to Rand Paul the other day in the Senate on that very thing and where he wants to see, you know, the EPA not involved in to- toxic waste regulations. You you mean basically what they were funded to do? What they were founded to do? Yeah, and if people in California don't like that, then they can move to Kentucky where they'll open arms for any of those businesses that don't want, you know, EPA regulations because Kentucky is such a great state to do business in. 
Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because the, the the way that you say that is that there's always been this thing amongst Republican politics. Oh, so and so is a job creator, right? So and so makes you know does jobs as a governor, and you sit there and you go, no, they're a job poacher. They didn't create the jobs in their state. They stole companies from other states by offering tax incentives. And there comes a point where it's a zero-sum game where you can't offer any more tax benefits until you start legitimately paying the businesses, which is what you're doing now, to to come to your state. Well, you can't do that on a national level. Right. And that's why Trump, you know, I'm sure he's going to put an executive order in or encourage any Republican who's, you know, got elected this year in the Senate or the House to get some sort of majority control so that, you know, abolish EPA, abolish the Department of Education, and a few other government entities that is wasteful federal spending in order for us to have the kind of fiscal surplus that we need in order for us to you know, be that economic power. All right, now that's from her. All that's from a hurricane. Go ahead. I'm going to say the whole Katrina thing. I mean, if if a hurricane happens, why are they living there? Why? I mean, why are they living in the Gulf area? Don't they know that's what hurricanes do? They come in and destroy homes and everything. You know, I mean, I don't get what you're seeing. Not seeing Nick. He wants to do a contractor wants to demolish the EPA. Shocking, right? And then, then who gets then who gets the jobs? Yeah, exactly. Developers, right? Because because the answer because yeah the answer AJ is to privatize everything because greed doesn't exist. Don't you know that? Exactly. So I mean, it's genius on his part. You know, destroy things and let developers take yeah, care of it. Because that'll go well. Because no one's ever had a contractor put on a crooked porch. The, <laughs> but no, because because what did John Stewart call it when he had the Daily Show? Bullshit Mountain, was that what he called it? That the, the, they all live on Bullshit Mountain, and the problem was that? that they all lived on Bullshit Mountain. Remember, he used to say that all the time on his show. John Stewart would say yeah. that, and it, and and, it, and he's right because they live in this world where they're like, well, the answer is to privatize everything. Schools should be privatized. We should give away school vouchers. And you go, well, what about the public education? Public education has failed. So your answer is, fuck, fuck it, give up on educating our kids, and let's just let the private industry do it because there's no possible harm coming from that. And it, which also goes away from the idea of. What are educational standards? Well, we don't need that. That should be solved at the community level. If one community wants to teach that mankind evolved because God said so, or we want one to create teach that the earth is only 5,000 years old, and a kid were to stand up in class and go, well, what about this fossil that's 10,000 years old from a human being, and the school to go, nope, that's not a human. That didn't. That's not exist. That was put. That fossil was put in the ground by the liberal left ten thousand years ago with a time machine. But you said the Earth is only five thousand years old. Your logic doesn't hold up. Shut up, Timmy. You're going to the principal's office. Like, I, I don't. I don't understand right. how you can live on. I'm going to keep using it. How you can keep living on bullshit mountain and and then expect everyone else to just you know agree with it. But the worst part about it is forty percent of the people, at the very least, seem to think that all of this shit is true. 
I swear to God, AJ, a majority of people don't believe that emissions from cars and emissions from factories are hurting the earth. They think that that's bullshit. Why? I don't, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand how you can look at a town like Gary, Indiana or Calumet, Illinois and drive through them and see the smokestacks billowing into the sky. You remember being a kid and you'd drive through those areas and you'd be like, oh, it's really cool, all the, all the smoke coming out of these places. And you look at it now and you go, well, what an idiot I was. Yeah, it looks cool at first, but then you go, the best. you know what? Here's the best example. The best example is Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, California, when I was a kid, when you were a kid, growing up through the, through the 80s and the early 90s, smog. You used to hear about smog in L.A. You remember? Yeah. And, and you'd see the picture. I remember, I remember seeing on TV the smog in L.A. They used to have smog alerts. How bad is the air? There's a movie from like 1992, an action movie, like Last Boy Scout or something, that starts off with a news report that says, no running today, the smog level is too high. And that was in the early 90s. It is now 2016, and smog doesn't exist in L.A. Why? Tough environmental regulations. They fixed a problem by using regulation. How is that not just an example of how this shit works? But again, they ignore it. They ignore it. They ignore it. And they keep coming up with all this bullshit. And you look at a Trump presidency, and we did the Katrina thing. Let's let's go with also the, the other big hits. Should we, should we even like try to fathom what would happen on a 9-11 with a Trump presidency? Like, do you even want to do that mental exercise, or is it just going to upset both of us too much? Oh, it's um, there's nothing to think about. It's whoever did it, they're bad, and we're going in, and that's just going in. We're going in guns a blazing. Yeah, like fuck a coalition. Even Bush made the uh, passing attempt at a coalition. You know, remember, like, we have all these allies with us, and you're like, well, some of those countries don't have an army. Yeah, but they're standing with it. Okay, fine, whatever. But at least you went to the U.N. I don't even see Donald Trump even trying that. Donald Trump, 9-11 happens. Donald Trump, they'll, they'll just be like, well, who did it? Delta, it was a Delta flight. Well, bomb Atlanta. You can't predict what the man will do in any given scenario. Do you remember, um, you know the best example is? What's happening right now in the South China Sea. Imagine a Trump president with China constantly flying planes and their little maneuvers and their little naval games to try to conquer this little bit of territory. And Barack Obama has done the the cool customer thing of like, look, it's a game. We're playing chess here, and I'm seeing seven moves ahead. So they can keep playing their little stuff. But at the end of the day, we're the United States of America. We have the biggest Navy in the world. This isn't actually a problem. Whereas a Donald Trump might declare war on China over four man-made islands in the middle of the South China Sea. Well, that's a scary thing in itself because I'm sorry. If you're going to go to war with China, that's who you should be afraid of. I mean, a Chinese army going up against a Chinese army? We don't have the kind of defense infrastructure that China has. Do you think that he would try to put land troops into China to stop them? I don't know. I mean, I get. I mean, I mean. Yes, there's a little bit of tongue in cheek that we're doing with Trump because of the things that he's been saying currently, and a few other examples. And and I would like to think post campaign Trump is more of a person that will 
look at all the options and choose the best option possible. Having said that, I just don't trust that with him. He's given but, us no evidence that that would happen. What? He's given us absolutely no evidence that that... that the, That's it. That's the thing, you know, and, I, and that, so you asked me the question about China and everything. I'm like, I don't know. Because part of me wants to say, you know, I'm sure he's going to probably find the best men to give him the advice he needs for military strategy. But you're right. There's, he's gave us nothing to go off on to say that he is going to get the football and just open all nuclear arms. I mean, that's what that's what I envision half the time. You know, China's pissing us off, nuke them. Mexico's pissing us off, nuke them. I mean, what else am I to think? I, I, I used to joke, and I think I did this joke on your show once, your old radio show. And it was my, my, my logic of, you know, if I could pick any Republican to run for president, who would it be? It would be Colin Powell. But if it couldn't be Colin Powell, it would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, you know, I think you did it, and I've done it with my friends. It's an old bit of mine where I go, yeah, but I don't – why do you want Schwarzenegger to be president? For the speeches. Somebody goes, why? I said, well, imagine 9-11 happens, and you could get Schwarzenegger up. Today I'm going into Afghanistan, and I personally will be there with Bruce Willis and Sylvester Stallone, and we will conquer everything. And, I'm, and I think that that's funny and it's whatever, but you knew that like it was a joke because he was actually, as much as we all make fun of Arnold because of how he sounds, he's actually one of the most intelligent, driven men in the history of the world. You know, relationship shit aside, he's actually a man to be respected for many things, it, not maybe his policies, but you know, you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, but you look at a Trump, and and you and we're joking, right? Oh, he's going to go in and launch the nukes. And part of your brain goes, that's just not possible, right? Like a president can't just walk into the Situation Room and start freaking launching nukes. But we didn't think it was possible to be a, a, a fucking racist towards a judge either. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting to the point where, you know the other thing I've noticed about you and I when it comes to Trump? We used to never swear on this show. Right? We never swore, and the further this has gone on, it's like profane. Moron! Goddamn right. I mean, how? I mean, that's, that's why I'm so frustrated about it. It's like, what don't you understand? And it makes me want to cry, literally, in front of people who support. I'm like, do you not know what the fuck you're doing? Do you not understand the whole? logic or illogical reasoning that you have i just don't get it i mean that's why i hope one day this is all a joke well, not only that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not only hopeful that it's a joke i'm hopeful that at some point he's gonna finally do something that shuts it down but nothing I hate Mexico. I don't like this Mexican judge. Uh, I think all Muslims should be banned from the country. I think that we should kick all Muslims out of the country. No, I don't really mean that. That was more of a brainstorming session or whatever the fuck he called it. You know, he just keeps saying insane, stupid shit, and then he backs down from it immediately, and it's like you, you don't... Jesus, tap dancing Christ, can somebody please just shut this motherfucker up with, with something? Because it constantly feels like... Well, no, that's it. I mean, you can't just come out and say that a judge is racist and going to shut you down. But then he just keeps 
freaking coming back at you with more insane shit. It doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I agree. And I, I, I am really at shock and all anytime he speaks teleprompter or not, because he's more presidential now, AJ, you have to respect that. He's more presidential because he, that's the thing. I don't have to, I mean, I, I really don't have to respect anybody who's a president. I mean, it's, it's the president, right? I mean, sure. I mean, there's those, you know, conventions that we have to do, you know, shake their hand, call them Mr. and Mrs. President. When the president enters a room, no one sits. Right. I mean, I mean, those, those are certain conventions that I do have to be respectful of, but I don't have to respect the person. I really don't, you know, I mean, I don't have to respect them. Because of the kind of policies they put forward. I don't have to respect them because of what they say. I don't have to, you know. It's just like I've told people, like, you know, I mean, if Obama's before me, like, before, I mean, yeah, I'm going to shake his hand and say, President Obama, how you doing, sir? You know, I'm going to do all those things. But after that, I'm going to say, this is what I don't like about you. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, and I'm being serious, you know. And then, no, I don't have to respect if Trump is president. I don't have to. I would say, you know, how you doing, President Trump? You know, how's your day and everything? Oh, you're a fucking moron. I I can say that. Do you think you'd ever have the balls to stand there and not respond to him? Even if he's the President of the United States? If he were to ask you a question and just look at him dead in the face and just not say anything? Because I've never would have thought that about... I'll be that one woman on the West Wing where I'm sitting down. (laughs) I would be, and I won't get up. We got about... I don't know, AJ. We got about ten minutes left to go, a little bit less if we want to, whatever. And I know you're in the car, so I want to get you so you can, you know, focus on not dying in the car because I need you next week. Um, and that's the only reason I don't want you to die. I could care less about anything else. Um, no, it was no problem. I just, I, I, I just want you to know where you stand in my priority list. That's all. <laughs> And I appreciate that. I really do. As long as we're, you know, we're all out on Front Street. But with with a few minutes left to go here, and <laughs> it's Hillary Clinton, it's Donald Trump. It feels like it's the Yankees and the Red Sox in the – not even because the Yankees and Red Sox is exciting. It, it feels like it's the World Series Yankees and – what? That's what it is. What? The Yankees and the Mudheads. Let's just be real. Fair enough. Yes, the Yankees. And the, you know, let's, let's give them a little bit of credit. Give them some name notoriety. It's it's the Yankees versus the Durham Bulls. And <laughs> I'm just saying, because I believe in the curveball and the small of a woman's back and That's long right. slow and long slow wet kisses that last three days. Um, the we, but with the time we got left, I just. You and I are both pretty politically active guys. We think that this shit is important. More so than the people in our lives. More so than probably our families think that this stuff is important. You and I are the kind of people who read this shit all day, every day. We live in this world. Even though we're not players, even though we'd like to be somewhat, and you are more than I am, but we're not really big uppity-ups in any of this party politics. But we think that this stuff is important. We, we work for it. We do this show legitimately because we want people to understand that it's not as complicated as they constantly try to make it sound. I am heartbroken over my choices in this upcoming presidential election. 
I am angry with how the Democratic Party decided to go against Bernie Sanders. I am upset that the Democratic nominee garners no enthusiasm on my part for any issue that I care about. And I, I look at this all now. And, and I don't know where else to go with it, AJ. I, don't, I honestly do not know how to respond to what is happening in, in, in the political scene. And I want you, my friend, to tell me that it's going to be okay. Can you do that? I wish I could, Nick. I, really, I wish I was the, bear, the bearer of good news to tell you that this is going to be okay. Because I, I really don't think it is. And, you know, it's, you have one candidate who is pro-business and is going to really fuck up the system in ways that it's unfathomable. And you have another candidate who's also pro-business that is going to instill neoliberal policies that doesn't help the average worker, that is really not going to help the environment, and believes in an economic system of free enterprise that that's the only way to do stuff, you know, and pick the one you want, but that's not a good scenario for me. It ain't, you know, and that's why I tell people, you know, I vote with my conscience, you know, I'm going to vote for a social candidate and that's what I'm going to do. And you may say that, you know, I'm boiling the system and that's a vote for candidate A or candidate B, but we live in a popularity contest when it comes to the presidential campaign. You vote for the person you want, and the most votes that person get wins. That's what we have. It's the same thing we've been doing since high school, if not middle school. It's, it's everything that we've done. That's the kind of voting system that we have and everything. We don't have proportional voting. We don't have um, instant runout voting. We have the kind of Australian voting system that we've been doing for a millennium more so i mean this is what we have and if you really really truly want to vote for change i would really encourage people to take 10 steps back look at the bigger picture and look at people who are actually doing stuff that are that are injecting themselves into the electoral action prog well the electoral action scene and really take a very good look at them because if you are on board with that person of your choice, then that person could win. And that would really change the system and everything. And we can do a whole show again about why the voting system is really rigged, why everything when it comes to elections is rigged by the state. We can go into all that and onto another show, but let me just end it by saying this. We have that. We have the stupid superdelegate process. We have illogical campaign finance reform. We really don't respect the average U.S. citizen at all. We just don't. If the Democrats and the Republicans truly respect Every worker, the environment, um, really want an economic system that's really for the people, then we would have had these changes a decade or more ago. We would have. We would have. And, and we don't. You know, 
And it goes back to, like I said, about Hillary. Hillary is not the first woman presidential candidate. It's gone back to the 1800s, you know? So, I mean, we've had that before. And sure, she's the first Democratic Party candidate, and that's it. But there's been a litany of other women who have run. Shirley Chisholm has ran before, and she was a Democrat, but she didn't get the respect that she deserved in the Democratic Party, you know? Um, so people of women of color have ran the first and only women of color ballot was in 2008. Cynthia McKinney, a black woman who was a former Democrat out of Georgia on the green presidential candidate, and Rosa Clemente, a female Puerto Rican. That's the first and only women of color ticket that we had, and no one talked about that. AJ, I want to give you, I, I think that next week, with the general election kind of really starting, that we should focus. I want you to kind of think about the three big issues in this election that matter the most to you, and I'm going to do the same, and I want to figure out if we're on the same boat and if, if we're in the same boat and also what we think can happen going forward. And I know, ladies and gentlemen, we started off the show, we were trying to have some fun with it, but realistically, the more we talked, the sadder and angrier I got. So I'm basically going to kind of tap out of this conversation uh, sharpshooter style. Is inner Hulk growing? What? Is there inner Hulk Growing. Yeah, it is. It honestly, it is. It honestly is. Like I, I tell people this all the time. That, that, that there's there's a part of me, and I and I keep it kind of buried. That gets angry very easily when it comes to shit that I can't control, which is stupid because you can't. You should not get angry about the stuff that you're not capable of controlling. But it's the that's the stuff that really pisses me off, and it's the stuff that makes me really really mad. And if I were to actually get up on my soapbox right now and start yelling, I would actually be so loud that the computer would not be able to pick up the recording. It would just come off as garbled nonsense if I were to really let go on how I feel right now. Uh, I, I, I remember in 2008, I went and met my friend Ryan at a bar after Obama won because we were both just so happy on the idea that things could actually be changing. And to have that feeling in eight years just be completely gone that I just don't think that there's anything positive that can ever come out of American politics ever again because of how this primary season went makes me so fucking mad that I, I, I do. I want to scream from the rooftops. I've never been the kind of person to say that there might need to be a violent revolution in the United States of America because, you know, what's the rule? We get to overthrow the government every four years, but people don't give a snuff of a shit, AJ. You told me that two years ago, and I tried to fight for it on the other side saying that people are too busy, but people are too fucking busy to even read. They're too busy to read. Take 30 seconds out of your day, pick an issue, read about it, learn about it, learn that stats are bullshit, learn that the fucking numbers that these people throw at you don't fucking mean anything. Learn all of that, and it takes 30 seconds a day. It doesn't even take that, and people are too fucking lazy, and all they want to do, and I'm guilty of it too, so are you, is, is, is sit back, relax, and, 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 and what is it, Hawk Harrelson, we're Chicago podcast, sit back, relax, and strap it down, and watch sports, or watch a movie, or watch TV, and I'm as guilty of that as anybody else, but take the fucking 30 seconds and learn and it, do something because the system isn't working. And at the end of the day, yeah, you maybe you maybe your life's okay. Maybe you're fine with how you're doing, but don't but don't under misjudge the fact that it can all be taken away from you like that if they want it to be taken away from you. 
And, and, and I keep saying they, and by they I mean the powerful, by they I mean the rich, and uh, as George Carlin, as we've said many times, the real owners of this country, if they decide that they want something else, that's what's going to happen, and the rest of us have no fucking say in the matter, and the, and the more I think about it, the angrier I get. And for the record, that was me keeping it under control. Oh, I believe it. So, I believe it. And I've said it before. It is this. Right now, and if anyone's listening to this, right now, you can really and truly walk out in the middle of the street and sit down. You can really do that. But you can't because we have these things called rules. And these rules are constructed by people that, sure, there may be some common sense to them, but all in all, think of every single law that we have in the United States, every single one, and tell me that you can overcome those laws. Because you can. You can go out into the forest, build your cabin if you want, live off the grid, and that's perfectly okay. You can do that. But we are so constrained by these things called laws that we can't do anything because these laws have constricted us from the very progress that needs to happen. Because like I said, we've had the first and only women of color ticket in the United States in 2008. The media did not even pick that up. And when people were talking about it, they didn't want to listen to it. That's the kind of change that was going on. There's people out there who are building businesses that is more about the cooperative model where workers have full control of their workplace. Not just the United States, but in Europe, Latin America, Africa, and Asia. That's going on. So every single one of us can do whatever the fuck we want to do. We really can. But you have to get past that barrier that's called the laws because you have to look at it, look it straight in the eye, and say, I can overcome this, or I can really change this by doing A, B, and C. And if you think that it's wrong, if you think that it's wrong, go against it, but be willing to face the consequences. Right. Uh, Yeah. All right, AJ, anything else before we get out of here for the day before I do the proper goodbye? No. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Chi-Town Podcast One. You can email us. Let us know what you think about anything that we've said, including if you disagree, uh, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. And uh, other than that, I believe that the expression I am looking for, it is ancient. It goes back to 10,000 years from before the earth was created, and that is we out. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.